I always remember to forget to say this when we start a podcast, but every time I listen to one of our shows, it reminds me like until we started recording, I had no idea what my laugh sounded like. Oh, your <laughs> laugh is your laugh is one of the best, most distinct laughs of anybody I know. It is. Yeah, yeah. It it is. I can't help I laugh at my laugh. So <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. My name is Noel Kirsch. I'm here with Keith Abbott and Steve McKelkey. How are you doing, guys? Doing good. Good. Doing good. Great to be I'm back. so glad that I finally got that out. That's like the fifth take we've done tonight. So <laughs> nailed it. No, it's more than five. That's right. Oh, sorry. Oh, who's counting? Anyway. <laughs> all right. So we, tonight, guys, I'm excited. We're dipping into a new decade. We're in the 70s, 1978. So good stuff. I've got my bell bottoms on, ready to go. Excellent. Very good. Very Excellent. Good. So tonight... The topic is 1978 music, and Steve McKelkey has prepared an awesome topic for us. So, Steve, I'm excited about it. Let's hear what you got. Yeah, you bet. Seven pages of notes. Uh, not going to oh go through all of them. But uh, one, one thing I got to <laughs> say is when Steve does his re- – let's go to the, ni- the t- 1995 technology. When McKelkey researches, it's on. So he's had time for this. I'm I ready. Yep, yep. <laughs> I've had plenty of time to dig into this. I'm excited because uh, when 1978 rolled around, I was five years old. Uh, Keith, I believe you were six years mm-hmm. old. And then Noel, what? Four, four, four years old. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, uh, back then, you know, uh, it was definitely a different age of music. And we'll get into the types of music that, that were out there. But really what I want to get into first is how are we listening to music in 1978? Oh, yeah. And uh, boy, have things changed to now. But uh, it's sort of fun to go back and think about uh, how we listen to music and and some of the memories that we made around music uh, uh, as as children with our families, stuff like that. So one of the main sources, or really the main source for listening to music was your standard AM, FM radio. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, you often- AM or AM, FM? AM, FM radio in 1978. Okay. Both of them. Yeah. Okay. Good questions. We'll, we'll talk about FM here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, a lot of people had portable transistor radios at the time, but still a lot of people had their home radios, uh, uh, Usually, you know, mom would listen to the radio while she was cooking dinner or whatever it was. So, you know, just a lot of a lot of different sources to listen over the airwaves. Uh, GE and Magnavox were the main uh, radio manufacturers back in the time. People were rushing to Kmart to mm-hmm. get the Blue Light oh, Special. Man. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, uh, those were the popular brands. Uh, so, Noel, because you mentioned it, in 1978, FM radio finally passed AM radio. And, and number of listeners hmm. and and they represented really what was the the top 10 markets in the country they finally took the majority share of the top 10 markets the so, fm finally overtook am yeah yeah How about that yeah. so year. Wow. yeah, yeah. Huh. and of course you know they you know the 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 quality of the air, of the sound was so much better through fm and so mm-hmm. it became a more popular format and especially as music was starting to become a bigger part of culture Mm-hmm. Which you know, what definitely was the case in the '70s, post-war time and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. everyone wanted to feel good about what's going on in life, and music was part of that. Um, records and record players were still very popular, and believe it or not, at this time in 19, 1978, record players have been around for eighty-three years. Eighty-three so, years. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a new technology. It was something that mm-hmm. that uh, was. You know, I still remember mom and dad had all these record players. I remember my grandmother had all these, you know, records and, and they're usually like, you know, Ronnie Millsap or, you know, who knows, yeah. whatever, you know, uh, 
Dwight Yoakam. Marvel Streisand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, eight track cassettes were also very popular at the Did time. Did you say Dwight Yoakam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm not I sure it was back in the 70s, man. I think it was more like like uh, Kenny Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Rogers actually in 1978 released his 10 year album. How so, about that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, in, in most cars, you could find an A-track player uh, mm-hmm. if, if they had a component, something beyond just your regular AM, FM radio in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, you know, my my grandmother having an A-track player in, in her living room mm-hmm. for her stereo system, and mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. Yep. Uh, but uh, cassette tapes in 1978 were starting to become popular. They actually started in 1963, but really had not become, I guess, the – the main, um, I guess, medium, the main medium for, for, um, for listening to music in 1978, but, uh, they were starting to become popular. Uh, the Walkman, Walkman was not out yet. So the cassette tape started in 1963. Correct. How about that? And it, yeah. it, it took a bunch of years before it finally became like the accepted medium yep. Yep. for so, recording and transmitting and publishing music. Yeah, because really at the time, you know, uh, records was seen as still the superior sound. Mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, uh, records were just, you know, what the what the uh, recording studios knew to do. It was it was the the cheaper format. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you could get, um, you know, the the artists like the 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 covers they were creating for the records. You couldn't quite do that as much with, with a cassette ta- cassette tape. And so, mm-hmm. cause of smaller space. So, uh, and of course this is also before you, you know, had the automatic flip to side B, you had to actually take the cartridge out and flip it over. So you listen to side B of the cassette and, and, uh, uh, which is no different from a record player. Right. But, um, but and then the fun thing is, is, uh, so many music lovers during this time gather from the TV to watch shows such as soul train, Mm, yes. Uh, one that I forgot about, American Bandstand. Oh, man. Oh, man. Dick yeah. Clark, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's how he started his I career. Uh, of course, Hee Haw. Hee Haw. Uh, oh, oh, man. You know, country music popular. And then, <sighs> then yeah, I sort of joked about in the season one closer, but uh, the Lawrence Welk show, Putting Everybody to Sleep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a very popular show and it ran for decades. And I learned that at the time of Lawrence Welk's death, he was worth $150 million. No way. Wow. This is crazy. When, you know, he passed away in 1992. Wow. And so whenever you, know, you think about how far music took him mm-hmm. in that environment. Yeah. So, so definitely there was a loyalty to Lawrence Welk. I mean, it was always on on Saturdays um, in our house. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mine too. Between Hee Haw and Lawrence Welk, that, those were staples on our television every yeah. time. Hee Haw yeah. was one of those shows, like whenever I went to my grandmother's house, it was like Hee Haw, for some reason, I always found it, it was always on. Yeah. You talk about something could put like a four-year-old to sleep. Hee Haw, <laughs> dude. It seemed so corny to me, even when I was four years old, like this is like yeah. low-grade TV, but man, yeah. they yeah. loved it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, Roy Clark, the guitarist at oh, Hee Haw. Yeah. I yeah. will put him up with any guitar player ever. Didn't he play the, the best guitarist of all time? Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. The banjo player, I forgot the guy's name, but they, they play the banjo and the guitar and they were yeah. just like, yeah. man, those dudes were yeah. talented. Jeez. The old, where, no, where were. are you tonight? Yeah. Yeah. You leave here alone. <laughs> those were some great. Yeah. You're, you were talking about Buck Owens, right, Noel? 
Yes. yes. Yeah, Buck Owens. Buck Owens and Roy Clark. Banjo. Yeah, man. Golly. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you, YouTube Roy Clark Malaguena, and you'll be blown away. It's unreal. Really? Unreal how good yeah. this guy is. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, ah, very cool. He is he is a genius. Just crazy. Yeah, that's stuff. awesome. You know, that's when you're four awesome. years old or six years old, you don't really you don't really understand or appreciate the talent. But being able to go back and look at it now as a grown grown man and look at it on YouTube and stuff, it's like, man, those guys were supremely talented. Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely <clears throat> so. Uh, as I was researching music in 1978, the, one of the things that was really cool is uh, there was a lot of arguments about was 1978 one of the best years of music ever. Hmm. And there's a lot of people say, well, disco was so prevalent in the time of 1978 and it wasn't really, you know, it didn't have a long lifespan. And so, you know, people sort of poo-pooing on, on disco. But when you look at just the genres of music in 1978, it's amazing what existed. So disco, punk, funk, R&B, rock and roll, country, new wave, and 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 the and the bands that were created during this time mm-hmm. is, is is amazing. So so uh, bands and artists such as Ted Nugent uh, <sighs> were alive in 19 or you know were, were in their prime in 1978. Aerosmith was around. Uh, Heart, uh, Journey. Eddie yep. Money. And, Rolling Stones and, probably too, huh? Uh, Rolling Stones is very much there. Of course, you know, Village People, you know, yep. is the ones that, of course, you know, one that uh, Keith's very, very fond of debuted in 1978, and that is Van Halen. The original oh. Van Halen album. Yep. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So who was, oh, the, yeah. who was the original singer of Van Halen back in 1978? David what, Lee Roth. It was, was yeah, it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he was so, front man. so he was their front man from 70, what, till 80... 78 he, he left around 85 okay. right after the 1984 tour they mm-hmm. had some dissonance mm-hmm. and then 1986 is when 5150 came out so with Sam, with sammy hagar which uh, honestly i think you know van halen 5150 that's probably the greatest record of all time of any record of any band anytime honestly it's yeah. good yeah but yeah, I t- i'll tell you what though that I, I can only i wasn't i didn't discover van halen until after a long time went by um, in the eighties. And I can only sit back and wonder what everybody's thoughts were the first time they heard eruption oh, when they put oh, the yeah. record on. Or the, I, mean, I just can't imagine because that changed everything. You it know? really did. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. sort of how people felt about Elvis when they first saw him oh, sure. for the first time. Like, God, what's this guy doing up there on the stage? What a weirdo. Yeah. What a freak. And yeah. uh, then of course, you know, then the, you know, totally connected with the younger crowd. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of what, happened with 1978 music a little bit is that we started to see a, you know it was you know what five years after vietnam pretty much mm-hmm. came to an end and so so we started to see maybe you know um the the choice of music was turned it wasn't so much about uh you know america the great anymore and you know we we're just you know we we're just stressed Peace. out tired of tired, yeah so you know so so we were ready to for something new to move on from mm-hmm. besides peace and love yeah. so so anyway, um, so in 1970, disco was was near and then in popularity. But it's interesting as we look at the top performers and top songs, uh, disco was very much alive. And so, uh, any guess to who who held the number one albums was considered the number one band uh, in 1978? If you think about the disco theme, Bee Gees. BGs, BGs 100% hey, right. 100%. So hey, I love the BGs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know the the 
what I read as the the top five popular ones. And I research, I regret not researching this fifth one, but so Bee Gees was ranked number one as you know top mm-hmm. bands or top artists. Rod Stewart. Mm. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Which which makes sense. Uh, uh, Noel, you'll love this one because your wife has taught you all the words of Greece, Olivia Newton John, and John Travolta. <laughs> oh, and uh, I still remember doing a road road trip. Keith, I think you were there where, where Lynn and I sang all the Grease songs the whole way, and, and no one knew none of the words. And so it was the longest road oh, yeah. trip of my life. <laughs> I knew they, I knew none of the words. They knew every word. Yeah. And it was, oh my God. We were driving like New Braunfels or something like that, wasn't it? It was, it was like a four hour trip. And they yeah. sang every song. And when I, I could not wait to get out of that Explorer, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Don Summer was uh, number four. Uh, nice. And then a band, I don't know how, or a performer, I don't know how you call it. Chic or Chick, C-H-I-C. Per- Chick. Uh, performed La Freak and I Want Your Love. So I don't know that one. This one really just, this person just really just, I guess, one hit wonder maybe i don't know maybe. but uh anyway barry, barry manilow is on there andy gibb of course part of the bgs uh, yes a lot of uh earth wind and fire i Abba, think i think, andy, I think uh, gibb is it's not, it's not i forgot though there's one gibb those are the grib brothers so the bgs were all the three all three mm-hmm. gibb brothers yeah, so, yeah. barry I, gibb and then uh barry uh, andy gibb barry is the only one that's still alive the other two have died right already yeah. but yeah Oh, okay. So, I, I just freak. It's that one that goes ah, freak out. You know that oh, one. Really? That, so that one? Yeah. 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 Ah, freak out. So, yeah. So yeah, very much another one. one from the disco theme. So you can imagine ah. everybody roller skating. Oh yeah. You know, and all the all yeah. the lights shining and yeah. and all the disco ball in the middle of the the skating rink, all that stuff. So when when things go wrong at my office, and you know, like there's like some major catastrophe that hits that's like our theme song everybody somebody plays that and, and the hallway can hear oh freak out <laughs> uh, we great. have a sense of humor in my office so yeah yeah so, so that's so, the chick le freak that's funny i never knew the name yeah of never yeah. knew that so i mean the cool thing is is you know we, we talked about uh you know on season one recap is how how music sort of stayed the same as we look at the top hits or top hit singles from 1978, so many of these songs we still listen to today or many times in commercials, uh, you know, yep. I, you know, you roll, many Rolling Stones like Ted Lasso had some Rolling Stones songs in it last season. And, <laughs> and, um, and so, so many cool things about uh, 1978 music. So the number one single in two, 1978 was uh, Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I you know couldn't think of what that song was until, until uh my wife and I were I was sort of walking through the top ten with her. She said, "Oh my god, I love that song. Let's play it." And then I was like, "I know that song. I didn't know it was called Shadow Dancing." So, you know, you're gonna look it up. I am gonna look it up. I don't think you, I. We're gonna need to hear it. Yeah. If I hear it, I'll remember. I, I know it'll be an instant here. I, I, it's kind of like this Lafreak. I, I would not know the name. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Night Fever was number two by the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. And of course, you all know what, what movie that was from, right? Is it for Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night Fever, yep. Oh, and, yeah. And it actually held the number one spot uh, in the charts for seven months as a soundtrack. Wow. Uh, singles. So so I think that's still a record to these days. So, um, 
pretty cool. Once again, you know, two disco themes in a row. Uh, Debbie Boone, uh, You Light Up My Life was number oh, that's three. Yeah. Uh, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, you know, another disco. Uh, then Exile, Kiss You All Over was at number five. Uh, Bee Gees, How Deep Is Your Love, uh, Player Baby Come Back, uh, Love Is Thicker Than Water by Andy Gibb, Boogie Oogie Oogie, uh, Taste of Honey by Taste of Honey, and then um, uh, Three Times a Lady by the Commodores. Those are our top 10. But Oh, man. Uh, Those are some uh, good, good songs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and just a few down, just go back to the Grease thing. You know, You're the One That I Want by John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one I want. You're the one I want. <laughs> honey <laughs> anyway so just so cool everything he can to not be the outtake of the yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you can, you can see his face turning that. red the last the last two minutes of the, of the last show i'm not i'm not yeah. contributing to your outtakes yeah. man but i'm <laughs> curious if anybody has actually listened to that i haven't heard any comments yet yeah so so to our listeners i want you to encourage you to listen to no, season one don't, don't listen wrap to that. up one more time <laughs> listen all the way to the end it's, it's especially at least, at least the last two minutes it's yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely worth it not important, um, not important. <laughs> what i love about 1978 is just you know when you look at i've only printed up the top 50 but just the the range of artists uh, not you know the BG sort of dominated the top ten, but after that is a little bit of everybody. So um, you know Frankie Valley was still out there with Greece at number eleven. Um, mm-hmm. You know Eric Clapton had laid down Sally at number fifteen. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel oh, nice. just the way you are at number seventeen. Such a great um, song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Queen, we will rock you. Came out in 1978. Oh yeah. man! I'm surprised that one wasn't higher. By the way, I was surprised not to see Queen higher up on the charts uh, in singles. Uh, Meatloaf is on here at number 30. Meatloaf, uh, Alba, you know, take a chance on me. Which you know, I feel oh, like that great. that resurged oh, again while we were in college. Take a so, chance on me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, th- I think you're right. Some some of these stewed a little while before they came really popular. Like yeah. I think yeah. the the football anthems start, made Re Will yeah. Rock You so big, you know? Yeah. yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody really wasn't that big of a hit until Wayne's World. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, after Fred Mercury yeah. died and then Wayne's World, I mean, that's when it became like a really big hit, but not yeah. before that. I just think Bohemian Rhapsody was just so different from so much mm-hmm. else on the waves that people were like, you know, that guy's what? A freak. Out. <laughs> yeah. But, that guy has nightmares when he sleeps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so, you know, again, like Randy Newman was on here. Um, Paul Simon was on here. Uh, Rod Stewart. So, so Roberta Flack, Kansas was on here as well. So just some really what cool. What did they have? Cool what, what Kansas song was it? Kansas Carry was. Carry on my Woodward song. Uh, Dust in the Wind. Dust in the Wind. Oh, Dust in oh, the Wind. Yeah, that, that's good. That is yeah. one of the best songs of all time, if you ask me. It, it really fantastic. is. I agree. Mm-hmm. I really think that I could take this top 50, put it on a playlist, and we would probably listen to it nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just how amazing. good 1978 was. So, uh, anyway, so to go into a new Spotify playlist doing an yeah. earlier. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great yeah. idea. Maybe an idea. Yeah. I like yes. it. 1978 yeah. music took the uh, the playlist from 1978, yeah. man. I'd yeah. listen to it. Yeah, I may have yeah, to do that. I may have to do that. So, that's a good idea. As we look at uh, artists and bands that debuted uh, in uh, 1978, we already mentioned Van Halen. Uh, we'll, we'll mention that again. But uh, so uh, 
one of the one of the first artists to to release in in 1978 was uh come was the album come get it by rick james and uh okay. so you know that's the you know the world didn't exist with rick james until 1978 uh then the cars uh debuted oh, their wow. album in 1978 that was their debut album in 1978 yep. oh yep. man i love the cars, God, the cars the great. Their, the album was called the cars yeah, and uh, creative, which by the way, uh, cracked me up because that was also like how Van, you know Van Halen titled their first album Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, and so there's that's, a, that to me is probably like a deadline that the musical types they just they're not very good at like deadlines and stuff. They're like, guys, we have to know what is your title album going to be called. And they're like, I don't know, just name Van Halen. Halen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 run late. Call the cars. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just here to see. <laughs> They're, they're buying the album because of the title and not the music. What's wrong with them anyway? Yeah, it's called the cars. Okay, we just call it whatever. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's stupid. We're just seeing. That's probably what it was like. But so, um, uh, Prince <laughs> debuted his first album in 1978. The album was called "For You." So wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, so wow. the Cars, Prince, Rick James, Rick James. Van Halen's next. Van Halen debuted in 1978. Yeah, yeah. They they released yeah. on February 10th, 1978. My God. And their first their first album sold more than 10 million copies in the United States. So yeah. uh, huge. What huge. a uh, year for music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm only halfway through the list, by the way. So oh, sorry. uh so uh Shaka Khan released her first album in 1978. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Uh, Shaka Khan. Cleverly Shaka Khan. titled Shaka. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. That's definitely going to mancation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Midwasher game we're here. Chuck Khan. <laughs> all right as we digress uh yeah, so we digress all right uh the, the next album uh debut was by the band toto and uh oh, they God. released a a album cleverly titled toto toto, toto. <laughs> what is about 1978 yeah. just like like lack creativity when it came to the the album names yeah but what what a great album as you think about uh, mm. some of some of the songs that were on that uh, album nineteen seventy eight was Hold the Line, I'll Supply the Love, Georgie Porgy. So just some cool songs that that uh, I I'll admit I had to listen to Toto's first album while I was driving around yesterday because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, let's hear all of this and you're just like that that was nineteen seventy eight. Holy cow. Gosh. Um uh, we, Devo, we talked about Toto before, haven't we? In like yeah, the previous podcast. Yeah. Like how yeah. they were a very unassuming group. That Very just unassuming. Slay yeah. these awesome tracks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah you, think, you think of other songs came out years later, Africa and so forth. Yeah, Africa, Rosanna, is, all of those. Yeah. 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 So uh, D- Devo debuted in 1978 with their. Are we not men? It was the name of their album. Hey, Devo. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, one of the biggest movies um, of 1978 was the Blues Brothers. Oh. Uh, and and it and it resulted in the de- debut of um, of the briefcase full of blues album by uh, Dan Aykroyd and losing forgot the um, the John yeah, yeah John Belushi yeah. 
anyway, it's cool. And then, then one thing that was, so we also had uh, Dire Straits release their first debut oh, album. Man, Money for Nothing, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Sultans their, of Swing was on their that. first album called Sultans of Swing is amazing. They're, oh. they're, they're, to answer your question, Noel, their first album was called Dire Straits. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then one thing that was cool, um, so Kiss the Kiss the band had already been around for for years now, but in 1978 they they decided that, and this was a coordinated effort that each member of the band would release their own solo debut album. 1978. Oh, wow. So so Ace Frehley, lead guitarist for Kiss, uh, you know he launched a debut album. Um, Peter Chris, the drummer, uh, Paul Stanley, rhythm was you know rhythm guitarist and lead vocalist, and then Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons uh, was unique in his album. That was more orchestral, uh, a little bit outside the box. Uh, but actually, Paul Stanley actually had a lot of singles that they actually started to perform as a band again on future concert tours and oh, stuff cool. like that. So, hmm. so very cool. So I didn't know so, that. Awesome. Yeah, I did not. Yeah, know I, that I, either. I, huh? That's that's why we research this stuff, find out stuff we didn't know about 1978. That's what we're here for. There you go. How would how would we know those are five and six and four years old? So let's uh, exactly. It's good. Yeah, great point. Yeah. So you know, like, oh yeah, Paul Stanley's album. Yeah. So sorry, <laughs> Dad. Can we go to Kmart? I got an Dad, album. I need to get, Paul, I need to get Paul Stanley. Like, can I get some makeup? <laughs> <laughs> We're out Dixie cups. Uh, <laughs> so, so amazing amount of bands and artists uh, debuted in 1978. And so, you know, as we sort of like get towards the end of the 1978 and music, I do want to just cover some, I guess, a few highlights that that I identified as. Uh, y'all know the band uh, Simple Minds. Uh, oh, they actually, so they actually made their first live performance in 1978 uh, before they started, you know, even debate debut to them, but they started their first performances in 1978. And of course, Interesting. led to do other things. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Saturday Night Fever was a cultural phenomenon. It was number one hit soundtrack on the Billboard charts where it stayed until July. Um, Wild. So on January 28th, by request, Ted Nugent autographs his name into a fan's arm with a Bowie knife in Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Only something Ted Nugent would do. But I was going to say, that is vintage Nugent right yeah. there. Wow. Jeez. And yeah. his fan, probably. Can you yeah. imagine the liability, though, these days? Like, there's no way that no happens way that in these days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, gosh. Uh, no, you were talking about Barry Gibb. He he becomes the only songwriter in history to have written four consecutive number one singles on the Billboard's Hot 100 chart. So, wow, how dude, many? Uh, four consecutive number one singles. Hmm. So, That's impressive. So, so that guy um, was on the music world at that time. By the way, I listened to that song, the Shadow Dancing. Never heard it before in my life. I, oh, I really? Listened, yeah, I never heard it. Really? Okay. I've heard all of his other of all of his other hits and stuff, but maybe I just yeah. listened to more of it. But yeah, disco order disco sort of all sounds the same after a while. That's but, true. Uh, it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, so you know, a Lubbock connection since we went to school at Texas Tech. Uh, so on May eighteenth, nineteen seventy eight, the Buddy Holly mm-hmm. story debuted, starring Gary Busey. Oh, and, oh, very nice. Uh, so well, it, uh, Gary Busey didn't play Buddy Holly, did he? He yeah. did. Yeah, he did. He did. He doesn't look anything like him. They actually did a really good job. If you see yeah. the show, it really, it's it's yeah, it's really pretty impressive. Yeah. Gary Busey I mean, didn't look like anybody but Gary Busey, in my opinion. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's weird... They somehow made his teeth smaller. I, I guess, guess so. <laughs> it's a weird looking dude, man. 
so that movie would go on to win Academy Awards for Best Music, Original Song Score, and and ad, and his adaptation of Best Score. So hmm. uh, then um, uh, Busey earned a nomination for Best Actor in a Leading Role. So I've always been curious how a movie about old music gets this Academy Award for Original Score when it's all music that's already <laughs> yeah. been there. That's that, is a, that is a profound point right there. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Did, nobody, did nobody on the panel that was like electing, like had they never listened to music before in their life? Like, like who are these like, people? What's yeah. this song? Peggy Sue. Oh my God. That is amazing. It's like a the person. <laughs> I've never heard of it before. It's, it's groundbreaking. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Noel had an Italian guy. <laughs> it had to be a guy from Italy that's never heard of heard of Bonnie 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 music. I couldn't even believe it. It's a son of bed. All right. Um, of course, Greece was so popular in 1980 that they decided to release a musical for Greece, which you know I've never seen. Really? So I'm not gonna do that. Um <laughs> If it's still around, I mean, I'm sure it's in New York, maybe, but probably uh, off of Broadway. Yeah. So this event happened in July 1st. It was called the, it was the first Texas Jam. Uh, it was actually yeah. held at the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. And I assume this is long gone, so I've never heard of this until I researched it, but it, it was uh, the first day featured Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Frank mm. Marino, Mon yeah. Rush, Heart Journey, Eddie, oh. Savannah Rhythm Section, Eddie Money, Van Halen, and Walter Egan. Damn. And then, then Sunday consists of Willie Nelson headlining the uh, the moment on the Fourth of July with his sixteen-year-old Fourth of July picnic at the time. Can you imagine being out there for that concert with all all that talent, man? Yeah, you know, amazing to us now, but you know, like Van Halen was new. Yeah, and, and so it makes you wonder, like, did they appreciate the greatness in that moment of something that was emerging to be one of the best ever? Yeah. yeah. So, what date was that? That was July first. Mm. Okay, but it's hot so too. Do, do you do you remember or do you have in your notes about the uh, September twenty third show in Anaheim? I don't know. Okay, so so this is this is legendary Van Halen, right? Okay, and so I've got to bring this in, but basically they were performing along high, alongside Boston and Black Sabbath, and I think actually Sammy Hagar, ironically, was in the mix as a solo artist at this point. Wow. But anyway. So on, on September 23rd, 1978, they, they sold, uh, they played in front of 56,000 people at Anaheim Stadium in California. And they pulled this stunt where it looked like they jumped out of plane and parachuted on stage before the concert. And it was it was really them, but they the, the people looked and dressed just like them. So when they landed on stage, they would run to the back of the stage and then the regular guys would come out in the same outfit. So it looked like they pulled a stunt where they parachuted on the stage in front of 56,000 fans and cool. like completely, wow. completely stole the show from Boston and Black Sabbath <laughs> at that point and just propelled them. <laughs> That's and and cool. that, that that show is, I think, it's either that one or the Dallas one that's on Van Halen's 2's album that you can see them. In, in, it's a back shot of them at one of the ends of their shows and then the entire crowd. It's just, I can't imagine wow. those size wow. of concerts. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Anyway, digress. Crazy story. Yeah, that's very cool. So uh, jumping into October 21, so founder founding members John Taylor and Nick Rhodes named their newly formed band Duran Duran mm. uh, after the character Dr. Durand Durand 
uh, from a sci-fi film, Barbarella. Barbarella. I Interesting note. I never heard of that. It's uh, I guess a, a British Jane Fonda. flick. Yeah, yeah Jane Fonda starred in it. Did they no, debut in 1978 too with the album named? No, no, but but they they formed a band. They did not debut an album at that time. <laughs> but I'm sure if they had, it would have been called Duran Duran. You know what? <laughs> Duran oh. Square. All right, and then um, just a couple more notes. So. Um, October 24th, Keith Richards pleads guilty to a reduced charge of possessing heroin in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, Alexis guys, has a possess heroin. I mean, go yeah, on. I mean, go to San Francisco. I mean, that's yeah, like no. a corner. Exactly. It's, it's like corner. Right. Water. Yeah. Then final note, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, so uh, in 1978, Kenny Rogers released his, uh, um, his highly successful solo career with the single, The Gambler. Oh. Oh, and we'll go on to star, to, to star in no less than five movies based around this song. And, oh. and that's also year. He also released his 10 year album. So, I, so Kenny Rogers wasn't just a great single artist, singles artist, but he was also just a great musician and had so much influence, influence in so many other bands and genres oh, man, of music. Yeah. Man so, could uh, roast a mean chicken too. <laughs> yes, yes. For Seinfeld. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, so so I don't know if 1978's the best year in music, but I don't know how many years we're gonna talk about in the future and see more amazing bands and artists debut in one year. Right. And, That's and, big time. And really uh, just the, the mainstay of music still 35 years later, uh, uh, those songs, I'm sorry, 45 years later, those songs that are just still, we hear they're on our commercials mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's part of our life still 45 years later. So Huge. anyway, it's a very yeah. cool. That's uh way back 1978 Good music. job, Steve. Yeah. Thank that's you. awesome. Thank you. It just blows my mind. Remember like four months ago, we're like 84 won't be beat. And it's like, (laughs) um, I I can't remember what Twitter um, user profile I was on the other day, but it, it asked that question. I think it might've been rock and roll garage, which if y'all are music fans, Mm -hmm. definitely uh, follow them on Twitter. But the question was, what was the greatest year in music? And Mm -hmm. 78 was brought up. There were a couple of sixties that Mm -hmm. when they were going through all of the names of the bands i was like wow you know and some some 80s 86 was in there i think 84 was in there um i think 90 something there was there was a few years that were but the 70s were pretty loaded i mean there were a lot of really really great things and man 78 is gonna be uh, it's got to be up there with what you're telling us that's huge yeah yeah. you know there's other artists out there like like the jacksons before they became the jackson five Mm-hmm. And then ultimately Michael Jack well, launching J- Michael Jackson's career. I mean, they were alive and, and further down the top 100 uh, for singles, but it's just, you know, amazing year, just the variety of music, the, mm-hmm. all the different yeah. genres out there. And it's, uh, uh, like I said, we, we should absolutely create a Spotify playlist just for the purpose. I think of I think I will. Totally, I'm gonna totally do it, man. Totally do it. I'll get I'll get with you, and we're gonna launch that this freaking week when we when we release this show Sounds because good. that's Sounds good. that's just too good to yeah. to not do. That's pretty impressive. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks everybody. And good job, Steve. Keith, yeah. we close this up. Yeah, Steve, that was great. 1978 music. Everybody. Uh, 
go give a listen to some of those. If you don't know the names, I'm pretty sure you will definitely know the melodies, the sounds. Uh, while Steve was talking about it, I was silently looking through iTunes and listening to some of those. And every single one, like I said, except for maybe one or two, um, I was like, oh, yeah, I just didn't know the name, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But you'd know them. You've heard them. And they were definitely staples at that time. So, Steve, thank you. That was an yeah. awesome, awesome yeah. recap of 1978 music. Next week, we are going to be talking about, and I will be talking about politics and world events. And then the following week, Noel is going to be featured with Technology of 1978. And uh, then we'll wrap up with our traditional mashup, which will cover a whole lot of other things that went on, TVs and movies we haven't even talked about for Mm -hmm. 1978. Mm -hmm. I know there were some really cool movies. It's, It's kind of interesting as a kind of this era, 77, 78, 76, probably as far back as it goes. The, and like you say, b- being our age and probably a lot of the people who are w- listening to this podcast, those were the years that I was like, I can think about as far back as I can and remember some of the cool shows mm-hmm, and yeah. movies that were out. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about that. So that will be uh, re- following this episode. And then we will have our second way back with our guest interview. Uh, that is a, we, we talked about this in the preview episode, Robbie, one of, uh, uh, Noel's uh, actually Noel's pastor. Uh, we have uh, have him on our show, and it's a great, great listen. So we're look, excited about uh, sharing his story about his nostalgia with you. It's hilarious, and it so is. we're looking forward to the next few weeks of great content. So Steve, again, thank you, and thanks to all of our listeners. And we will talk to you way back again in the very near future. <laughs> very near future. Very near. Okay. Talk to you there. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel, Keith, and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future. Mm